Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you and two experts to go through it all. My name is Andrew Page and it is a pleasure to have you join us today. Well, we've got two fantastic guests, two of my favorite today, and both of them are in the studio. First of all, uh, we've got Gaurav Sodhi from The Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, good to see you. Great to be here, Andrew. Thank you. Hey, Nathan. I'm, I'm much more used to seeing your face on, on <laughs> Skype, so this is... this is Slightly better. Slightly, slightly better. <laughs> the, the pixelation probably helps. <laughs> That's right. And Nathan, always great to see your smiling faces as well. You're doing well? No, I'm doing well. It's good to be Excellent. Well, unfortunately, we can't turn off, Graham. We, we <laughs> can't. We've got no mute button here, unfortunately. So, gents, mm. uh, we've got 10 uh, interesting stocks to go through today. But as always, we do start with our stock of the day. And we thought, me and Gotham had a chat before the show. We thought we have to go super retail group. There's been a real theme uh, with retailers of late frankly, just knocking it out of the park. So here's some figures for you just to continue that theme. Super Retail Group, these are the guys that own BCF, uh, Super Cheap Auto, Rebel, uh, and they reported a 23% increase in unaudited so far sales for the first half. That's a record result. Unsurprisingly, uh, online was just unbelievably strong. Online sales are up 81%. So the net profit for the full year, uh, again, once the auditors run through and, and tick it all off, is expected to be about 135% higher. So, Nathan, I'm going to start with you first. What do you think of that? And here's a business that's trading at a P of 14. Yeah, I mean, look, there's not a lot of retail stocks that I sit there and go, wow. These guys have been wow for a very long time. Mm. Um, I've been following them for a while. Um, look, this is, it used to be called super cheap retail. And it's never super cheap. If it is, buy the damn thing. Um, look, well, is it cheap now? Uh, look, uh, you, it's hard for you to buy it where it is, and I'll get to that. Mm -hmm. But these guys, first time I started to pay attention because of when they bought Rebel, uh, the market smacked it for it. Um, and Out of private equity, yeah, from that's memory? right. It's yeah. just like things that you don't want to do. Yep. They did it, and they did it phenomenally well. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That you understood why they go into these unique offerings and their unique business propositions, and they sit and do it better than anyone else. They, they manage the cost side, everything. Yeah. So in that context, look, these are the guys you wanna back. Um, look, it's done well, it's hard to say retail. My big thing in retail is, look at the real smart guys in the industry. You know, when Lois leave Westfield, get out. When Murdoch's leave Media, get out. When Gail Kelly walked out of banks, get out. Mark McGuinness just walked out of retail. Mm. You know, mm. ding, ding, mm -hmm. we are at peak retail. Yeah. Uh, you got lockdown, you got government handout left, right and center. I don't think you're going to hit the same freebies that you got in the last, these guys are good. I mean, really good. And I think they're going to struggle, but they're not expensive by any means. So look, if you're holding it, I'm happy to sit on it because they'll keep doing well. But fresh money going in, retail is not the sector for me today. 
Oh, Gaurav, mm. some excellent points there. I mean, this is the conundrum, isn't it? Is, is this a case of a whole bunch of sales being pulled forward? Mm. As Nathan sort of mentioned, we've had a bit of stimulus there. I mean, one of the dangers in investing full stop, but particularly in retail, is just to extrapolate the last yep. few sets of results forward. Yep. Is this potentially the pitfall with super retail? No, you're right. The, 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 one of the worst mistakes you can make as an investor is to think in straight lines. Nothing happens in linear terms and thinking in linear terms is always an error. So yes, I, but I think the market is aware of that. I mean, look at the PE on these stocks and super retail is not alone. Across the retail sector, you find stocks with sensational sales growth and very low PEs. And that tells you that the market is very skeptical about the sales numbers going in. They're treating this entire episode as a demand pull forward event. And I don't know whether that's correct or not, but that's what the price is telling you. So. I think the probabilities actually look quite good here. I mean, if, if it is indeed a price pull forward event, then well, then that's already in the price. But if we have an extended run of good sales here, I think there's a bit more to come. And think about the fact that you've got, I read the other day, you've got a million extra people in Australia because there's no, no one is traveling. There's um, about $100 billion in additional savings and income that's come into people's, onto people's balance sheets and people are gonna spend it. I still think there's a fair bit to go in the entire retail sector. This one in particular, it's just rife with lessons for me. I, I harbour so much heartache over this stock because I've looked at it over the years and been me wrong too. every single time. When they bought Rebel, I remember leading the <laughs> analyst leading meeting the attack, yeah. and I was saying, look at these idiots, bought buying Rebel. Haven't they seen what's gone in the US? The American competitor to Rebel got wiped out by online competition. We thought the same would happen. It was a mediocre business coming out of PE oh, yeah. where the comparisons were all gone. When they bought MacPack, it wasn't me that time, but I, I thoroughly nodded and agreed that MacPack is a terrible business. What are they doing? And time after time, and, and the great lesson for me, I think I finally realized that when you're investing in a business, there are people behind that business. You're an analyst on the outside and you're not always, you're not always the one with the right answer. And sometimes it pays just to back very smart people with very good track records. And if you had done that with this company, you would have done tremendously. I don't own it, we, we don't own it, and uh, we don't have a buy on it. But look, I, I still think there is more to come here. I think the market's verdict has been made and there's a very good chance it could be the wrong one. So yeah. I'm gonna go with buy. Gonna go for buy? Yeah. Like I'll, I'll put something <clears throat> in there. What these guys will do in a bad market is a bit like what Northern Star and uh, Evolution did in the gold yeah, sector. If mm. it goes bad, <clears throat> they will buy a crap mm. business. They're almost like, I can actually look at them as a private equity, uh, list of private equity, it's, it's your West Farmers play, but in a smaller scale. Yep. These guys are very good at buying things really bad. Mm. It's like Melbourne Storm. Get bad players, make them into good players, instead of origin <laughs> players. These guys get bad businesses and turn them around. Yeah. Other people strip them for yes. uh, you know, numbers and yeah. you know, then they run it into a crappy business. Uh, but these guys make it phenomenally better. I mean, when you can buy from private equity and do it better, yes. you're doing something Look right. what they've done with Rebel. Exactly. It has been extraordinary. They've actually turned Rebel into a quasi-clothing retailer. Yeah. I actually and don't and remember the last business they screwed up on. Well, MacPack isn't There's, doing great, but I think that's still early remember days. Remember the cycles? That was a classic yeah. example for me that they tried, if it didn't work, mm. move on. Mm. Yeah. So they are a bit like that. So don't be surprised if they buy something. If they buy something, buy them yeah. because <laughs> they will turn it around.
Oh man, interesting stuff. We could talk mm. super retail. We could talk retail all day because it is so fascinating at the moment. Unfortunately, we don't have time. So let's get to some of the viewer picks. Mm. And uh, we've had Keith kick it off for us today. Uh, Gaurav, I'll start with you this time. Aluka Resources, ILU. Mineral Sands. Yes. What's a mineral sand? <laughs> mineral Sands is a, um, it's a bulk mining um, output and it, go, it, it comprises of three different commodity groups. The most valuable of that is zircon. Um, there's ilmenite and, and a, bit, a few other things in there which are less valuable. Sounds but like something out of a Superman. That's a great joke to make next time. I'll pocket that, thank you. Um, zircon is used as a, um, as, a, as a whitener, so use it in paint, um, in paper, in tiles, um, in porcelains. Um, it's generally regarded as the final leg of a resources cycle when, when zircon starts booming because when you think about it, construction happens first. Um, wires, plumbings, and pipes goes in, go in, and the last thing to go in are paints and flooring. Um, so often zircon oh. booms at the very end of a resources um, cycle. That's the theory. I've actually never seen that play I've out. I've heard that before. Because, um, because zircon is, I mean, Iluka um, has a tremendous resource base. They sit on 25% of the world's known um, mineral sands deposits. Interesting thing about mineral sands, no one in the industry makes any money. And I've looked at this industry a few times and it's difficult to really pinpoint why. It's, I mean, all commodities are characterized by booms and busts, but generally when you have one company dominating supply, um, I mean, they own, own a similar amount of mineral sands uh, against the rest of the industry that BHP holds iron ore against the rest of the iron ore right, industry. Okay. So why is it that these guys have never made sustainable high profits? I'm talking about ups and downs, but yeah. they've never, even in the high, high market, they've never done well. I think it's a combination of awful, just awful business economics and poor quality management. I think poor quality management actually plays a big, big part in this. You're really, you're really <laughs> selling it for me here. <laughs> Now, um, Bad management and a tough industry. <laughs> tough industry. <laughs> there, there was a jewel in in um, uh, in, uh, in Iluka. Look, before we get there, I, I should just quickly add, um, let's finish that, that line of thought. I know you're going to press us on time, but let's yeah. finish that line of thought. BHP makes a truckload of money from iron ore because iron ore is not a mining business. Iron ore is a logistics business. Mm. The costs, the risks, and the advantages in iron ore come from building out your infrastructure base. They just happen to dig stuff out of the ground and put it on, the, on that infrastructure base. Yeah. So these are, these are logistic businesses, and that's why 90% of the world's iron ore comes from two basins in the world. Um, and that's why no one else can seem to build an iron ore mine, even though iron ore is 200 bucks a ton. And why China is so dependent on us at this exactly. point in time. So those, those are very unique sort of economics that don't apply to mineral sands. Mineral sands, you can get it dredging, you can get it mining, um, you can make big deposits, small deposits work. It's a very flexible, um, it's a very flexible commodity and the economics depend on the quantity of zircon you have. It, it, it's not as good. Mm. Um, so that's why I would never buy iLuca. It looks very cheap, I might add. If you are a, a high-risk investor and you don't mind playing, buying crap, um, and I used to be that way, the old me would have jumped on this and bought it. But as the, I'm the getting pennies in front of steamroller kind I think of approach, or? this is this is one that fits that mold. Um, but for the more um, more sensible investor, <laughs> I, I would point you towards our Deterra. Deterra um, was the spin-off from iLuca. Um, I, I think this is completely misunderstood by the market. Mm -hmm. Deterra owns a 1.23% royalty on BHP's, um, one of BHP's vital iron ore properties. 
BHP is about to triple production on that location, and uh, uh, Datura's um, revenue is about to triple to match it. Okay. Even on normalized, so I modeled it on seventy dollar iron ore. Remember, iron ore is, is almost two hundred dollars, and you, the current price is still giving you a five percent yield on seventy dollar iron ore. So. I don't think the market understands this. It's the only royalty mm. business on the market, mm. and, and clearly it's been misunderstood. But that's a buy. I look as a seller. That has come up on the show before, before yeah. actually. Uh, um, Nathan. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll keep it short. Uh, I'm sorry. covered pretty much everything. <laughs> mm. uh, look, I think he said it perfectly at the end. They've spun off the crown jewel. Yep. Uh, and you, you, know, you, you kind of have to worry about management who do that. You've kind of seen that with uh, GrainCorp as well. They've spun off UMG. Um, it, you know, these kind of things, they spun it off because some of the parts is worth more than the total sum because people don't trust the management. Mm. But funnily enough, over the years, I've learned from guys who follow this stock quite well that Iluka management is actually good at telling you how things are. Yes, you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah. they always tell you, yeah. oh, the demand looks good, you buy the stock. Okay. Right? When they go, mm. oh, demand's patchy, get out. Right. <laughs> Do you right? Know what are they saying at the moment? Uh, at the moment, it's pretty positive. Yeah, it's okay. pretty positive. Right? Okay. But yeah. the problem is, mm. Everyone kind of already priced a fair bit in. Mm. Uh, but look, I think the overall mining play is actually quite good because it's a reflation trade. Mm -hmm. uh, they are coming off a low base, so they will have a decent run. This is not at the high end of your mining exposure that you're going to play in, especially after spinning off um, DRR. So it kind of puts it into a bit of a tougher spot. Um, if you had to pick a lot of, there are a lot of other commodities at the moment that I think have a better dynamics as growth output mm -hmm. uh, and better track record than this one. So it's not at the high end of my list. There you go, uh, Keith, two thumbs down for Aluka. Uh, Nathan, I'll start with you this time. Wally Parsons, WOR, Rob wants to know, is it a buy, sell or hold? You would, you know, the old saying I remember used to be, you know, you, 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 in a resources environment, you buy the people selling the picks and shovels, you know, the yeah. engineering services firm. And these were the ones that really knocked the lights out in yeah. the first mining boom. Yeah. But I had a quick look before we came on. Wally Parsons, it doesn't have an impressive history of, of yeah. performance here. Uh, they dig holes and fall in it. They, um, they, they seem to, and yet you, you've mentioned before yeah. that you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's a reflation here, there's yeah. activity in this there's, sector. There's Can they make it work this yeah. time? I'll give you a classic example. Austin Engineering, <laughs> they make these buckets, put it in front of a truck and push this mining stuff around. It breaks, you get new things. You go, wow, it's a three-year replacement I, cycle. I bought this some is, of them years exactly. ago on that exact yep, Me too, I, I, like I did as well. Every value investing <laughs> thematic would go, buy this, buy the yeah. truckload. Guess what, that truck never turned up. <laughs> and it's, you know, they saw bad business, still it hasn't turned up. So yeah. the, the replacements, this is a big thing that we have to realize is the miners are being managed yep. so damn well. Mm. They're not breaking stuff. Yeah. They're not fixing stuff. They're doing what they're doing. They're being conservative. They're not going out there drilling holes and yeah. stuff. And Wally Parsons is one of those ones where it's done well and it's had a huge recovery bounce. But I don't know if you're going to see the flow of projects and the margins that require to keep this share price. Again, Mono and Wally get positioned in there. I think from memory, it actually gets classified as an energy stock because they earn most Mainly of their money in, in the energy yeah. sector. Yeah. Um, but Mining services, in theory, should do well. My numbers are saying they should be doing well. Capexes are shooting the lights out. Miners are doing well. This should come through. Mm. But the problem is, I think these cycles are now getting priced in so quickly, and these cycles are not as elongated as previous cycles. Everything's mm. getting squashed. So we are. I think we've reached pretty close to. I mean, I've seen data on the Chinese credit side of things. They're getting a bit tighter. So if commodities don't keep remaining quite strong. 
these things will unwind quickly mm. and we haven't really seen the cap you know the mining services take off so i think if you've been there and you've done well good luck to you but you've probably been right for the wrong reason but would i be putting fresh money into wally right now no mm. uh, it is not the quality or the commodity play that i want to be in at this point of the cycle um look i think energy stocks are doing well the lng prices are really good uh with the asian markets rebounding but I, I don't think Wally is one I'm chasing. Not for you. That um, five-year chart that we had up there, Gaurav, is a bit mm. deceptive because it's it's actually turns out that almost five years ago to the day, it sort of hit this really low point. Mm. I went back. There it is again. Yeah. I went back a bit further. Shares were like twenty-five bucks right. ten years yeah. ago. That's right. Yeah. So there is context matters when yeah. you're looking at, at charts here. Uh, is it one for you? No, I, I agree. Sell um, and sell on business quality for me. Um, it doesn't look too bad on valuation grounds, but geez, the, I, I just think PEs are one of the worst things ever invented for investors because it gives you a degree of certainty that makes you think you know what you're doing, and oftentimes they deceive. Mm -hmm. And and that's true with any contracting business. Um, if if you have uh, contract accounting, revenue recognition issues, uh, with, uh, work work in progress balances, and you're trying to value business on PEs, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, forget, if it was that easy, we'd all be Warren Buffett, right? If it was simply a matter of just finding a low PE. If, if it was that easy, oh, the computers be, are already on. Everyone it. would be on. Um, yeah. I think I think th 20 years ago, heck, even 10 years ago, it was possible. Yes. But the computers now are the majority of trading, and they're just running through these things. And that opportunity is gone. I used to do that; it's gone. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. But, but you particularly can't do it when when there's tricky operational accounting issues yes. like contractors. Yes. So throw the PE away for this one. Um, it is a devilishly complex business because um, they earn a contract on opaque black box, in, in an opaque black box. You don't know the terms, you don't know the margins. They just tell you, oh, we're gonna make this much money out of here. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Then they have to get another contract with the same characteristics. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, it, it's reasonably well managed. Um, they've made a very large acquisition called uh, Jacobs Engineering. So they actually, mm. Not really an energy business anymore. It's over th I think yeah. about thirty percent of their revenue is now energy related, and most of it's now chemicals. So it's mostly oh, a chemical business, okay. um, but with the same sort of characteristics. Um, I look. Some people might be able to penetrate this one, but for me, I, I would just go look elsewhere. It's too hard. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting um, comment <coughs> you make there. Before, I don't know if you guys you probably did read Howard Mark's latest memo. He's really emphasizing mm -hmm. the, the the real advantage left is one of qualitative yes. analysis. Correct. You know, and I yep. think it's sort of the numbers are just so well scrutinized yep. now. I think you, you, the qualitative angle is your advantage. And I, I would add to that, your time frame is an advantage Correct. as well. Yep. So anyone who can look beyond a few years and people who can really understand these qualitative factors that just don't show up in a spreadsheet. May I add one more quickly? Please. It's your ability to look like, an, to be prepared That's to look right. like an idiot um, matters as well. I've mastered that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not intentionally, but. But, but, but yeah. I think that's important though, yeah. in, in investing. It's, I mean, I, we're a pretty much a fintech, right? So technology is massive. Data tech is huge. Mm. I can, I've been doing this for what, 25 plus years. Yes, there is a fair amount of computers doing a fair amount, but they're very herd mentality. Yes. By default, the risk management over kicks it. So I worked on risk management 20 years ago. The models nowadays, inherently, every time they panic, they run to the indexing, mm -hmm. right? So you kind of, if you can work out how the strategy works, it's, it's almost like surfing. You just got to get in front of the wave, position yourself and go, here we go, uh -huh. and uh -huh. let it run. Yeah. And, but they will be bumpy. You're going to get thrown off a few times. Yeah. But you have to work out the dynamics and then position yourself. I think there are key interesting. I, I actually, I love the market now because I think 
the basic simple stuff, the, the machines pick it up straight away. Mm. So it's only the complex, yes. painful ones. So the complex, painful ones, you will make big returns. Yep. But as Gaurav said, you've got to look stupid every so yeah. often. Yeah. There's, there's, I've, oh my gosh, we're so going down the rabbit hole here. <laughs> but, but I definitely would say personally, mm. some of the better performers for me recent years have yeah. been ones that are quantitatively look awful. Yeah. Like they just look, and, and, and you know, me from 10 years ago would never go exactly. near them. Yeah. But if you, I, and this is, this is the thing that we emphasize a lot here on the show is like, do your homework, do your reading, mm. understand mm. the business. That's where the advantage lies. Mm. And that's why we have smart guys like this on the show to tell us all about it. Let's talk about a far more interesting business. Now, this one, well, geez, guys, we have to be really careful with yes. time here because we could talk a lot about this. <laughs> Altium is the stock. Tina mm. is the uh, viewer who sent it in. Printed circuit boards is the game, or, or specific, specifically software that does that. A business that when you look at the slide deck here, Gaurav, everything is bottom left to top right. Yeah. You know, heaps of cash, no debt, huge mm. amounts of recurring revenue, strong uh, CAGR and sales growth, operating leverage, industry, uh, very strong industry dynamics. Like it just everything is going wonderfully well for this mm. business and it's priced as such mm. and then recently they come out and say actually our first half revenue is going to be down mm. I think the first time I can I can remember that ever happening since mm. uh, really in the last 10 years or so is this an opportunity or is this a sign that things aren't as rosy as people expect uh, so we actually own Altium um, and um, it's a buy from me yep we'll get that out of the way first because that's probably the least interesting part of it um, it's uh, from, we looked uh, we looked at Altium when it was three bucks and passed on it. Then we came to it much much later. I would say it's better now than it was back then, even mm -hmm. though it's ten yep. bagged. Back then it was number three in its industry. There were two giant competitors. It was trying to go up and go down in in the in the um, uh, in its industry. Now they're the number one in the industry. They have decimated the competition. Yeah. They're now in a place where they can change the industry entirely. And this is where the game is. Forget about printed circuit boards. What they want to do now. Is um, is be the owner of the standard. So they want to, they want to um, they want to combine um, spare parts, uh, networking, and and design all together. So so what happens now? If you're a designer on circuit boards, um, you might be designing your little thing, and then you have to contact someone else to order a part. Then someone else has to confirm whether the part fits and all that. They want to create an integrated product that automatically orders, orders parts, um, adds it into your design process and verifies it from the third party as well. If they can do that, so this powerful. is a multi-billion dollar business. Yeah. I think it could go forex mm -hmm. if they succeed. If they don't, you're probably looking at a halving mm -hmm. of the share price. For that's me, a nice I, I, I think that's a nice, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why we're there. Okay. And that's why if you're a long-term investor, you stay there for the integration potential. And, and I would sit on this for the next few years. I think it's very interesting. So, so you mm. passed at $3. But I, would, I have no regrets about that. If I looked at it again, I'd still pass at $3. Well, I was going to say, I yeah. think I bought around then and then thought oh, I was Andrew. super smart. By no, 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 no. I'm not, this is not a boast. Because yeah. then I did, which is just the most yeah. painful thing in the world, which is then lock in a, a short-term profit, mm. thinking how clever you are. Mm. And we really been. shouldn't dwell on that because yeah. that brings out painful. We'll come back to that later. Nathan, what do you uh, reckon? Yeah. Look, uh, I actually think this is the best tech stock in our market. Mm. Um, it's not the best growth stock, uh, but it's the best tech stock. Um, these guys, I think my former shop raised money at two bucks or something. Mm. Um, and uh, look, I met management. I actually try not to meet management because yeah. I think inherently they lie. Um, <laughs> they tell a good you story. You exaggerate. You never lie. No, they don't lie. They just don't tell me the truth. Uh, but um, because if it goes wrong, it's not. they're not incentivized to tell mm. you. So what's yeah. the point, right? Mm. Uh, but look, these guys have done, and Gaurav 
perfectly explained it. They have, yeah, they have built a very good offering. We were, in our models, we had it, um, and we got out around July, August. Uh, valuation went too far. It, in a bus crash, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're gonna get hurt. Mm. And these guys had that problem. This is not their first downgrade. They've done mini downgrades. The market always overlooks. It's a bit like, I'll remind you to Cochlear. Everyone ignored it, ignored it, ignored it, and then went, oh crap, boom. And that's what's happened to them, right? So I think they're probably going to struggle with what's happened in COVID. There's so many corporate management out there are delusional on COVID. Um, they have this thing about, I'm not affected, my clients are affected. Uh, that affects you. Yeah. Uh, so there is a second level issue that a lot of people are dealing with. Altium is aware of it. They're thinking long-term. I think the long-term story is true holes. But the big thing in this sector you have to remember is we are in reflation. The multiples they got to are not going to be the multiples in the next cycle. There'll be lower multiples. Mm -hmm. So the earnings cycle has to adjust for that. And this is the problem in the US market. The earnings is never going to keep up to the downgrade of the multiples. Mm -hmm. So that's the reflation problem. So they will be paying a lower multiple. So I'm not chasing it. I'm not buying it here. I think you probably get it mid 20s or even low 20s uh, when the turnaround comes because I think COVID plays out for a while. Um, so in that context, I would buy it. I still, I love the management. I think yeah. The model is great. Mm -hmm. I think in the long term, mm -hmm. these guys will be one of the, we always thought it'll be taken over, taken over at 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, even now at 50 bucks, right? So I'm not worried about where they will be. The question is, in the short term, you probably will get it cheaper. Okay, let's uh, let's speed things up a little yes, bit here. Sure. Gore, I've given me a friendly and, and badly needed <laughs> nudge here, Nathan. I'm going to start with you. My physique, Will wants to know MYQ, interesting sort of smartphone yeah. app that sort of looks at your your body image and works out a bunch of interesting yeah. stuff like that. I have to say, when I first looked at it, I kind of thought, come on, like that yeah. just looks ridiculous. But I think that's being unfair. There's a lot more to it than than my simple summation. Yeah, I uh, look. I think I think you're right, and the problem is, the problem I have with this is, uh, there is a number of these unique, interesting stocks that I would say, look, that, I can see how that'll fit into the puzzle. The only problem is they all got found in the last six to twelve months. They were around for decades. Nobody found them. It's just in the last six to twelve months, suddenly everyone's paying attention to all these things, right? Yeah, it's probably because you're in a you know stuck in a jail and you have got nothing else to do. So all of these things that are potentials are getting found. So you're not buying an idea that other people haven't found already and you are paying up for it. But it's one for me on the watch list. Tech stocks overall will see a pullback. That is inevitable. We are in a dot-com bubble. Uh, you know, give or take a, a few uh, PE points when you've got hundreds, who cares? Um, so in that context, these things will come off and it'll be one of those ones that I want to keep on my list to have a look at how they perform over the next six to 12 months yep. and then jump on it. I'm not jumping Look at on that it chart there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the market getting it's, it's, super excited. It's, 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 it's basically a, 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 it's more of a biotech, right? There's mm -hmm. a lot of, so the, with the biotechs is you buy the rumor, you sell the fact. Mm -hmm. The share price are telling me the fact is mostly there. Mm -hmm. uh, so is the next leg coming in? They'll probably have to raise money, do more, more of those things. So uh, not chasing it here. All right, Gaurav, what do you reckon? Uh, not interested, sell for me. Yep. Um, I, I agree with what Nathan has said there. Um, this year is going to be a tough year if you're a sensible long-term investor. You're going to see people who are new to the market, don't know what they're doing, have a lot of enthusiasm buying stuff like this and getting rich off it. And your, your job is to sit there and watch them and grin and not participate. <laughs> so my, my advice is um, find a nice quiet spot somewhere and make it your meditation place. And when you hear stories like this, go and sit there and meditate. Yes. Um, do not participate. This is where um, your... This is where 
investments and investor psychology is made in markets like this. Yeah. You either participate, you blow it up and you never do it again, or you knuckle down, um, you stick to your process and, and you live to, to, to find another market. Yeah, I, I would add to that as well. I think what you, <coughs> you spend your time actually looking for the businesses you would like to buy mm. and then try and work out a price that you would buy them at yeah, that's mm. right. and then wait for the market to come to you. Yeah. And that's... That is very hard to do, <laughs> but it is, it is probably a better approach than just uh, FOMO, which we're seeing a lot of at the moment. Mm. Let's talk about a much bigger, uh, more bluer chip kind of company. Gaurav, with you first this way, Vinay's written in, ASX is the name, ASX is the code. This is a business, which let's call it a monopoly, because it yep. basically is. Um, it's a business that's got remarkably steady earnings. Yep. It's been around forever. That being said, you're looking at very low single digit kind of growth, yep. very low single digit kind of growth in, in the dividends as well. And yet you're paying it. I know, I, I totally agree with your comments on mm. PE ratios mm. as well, but the PE is 27 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for, for a stock yeah. growing at three, 4%. Yeah, well, well for some companies, um, a multiple of earnings is a suitable measure and for some companies it's not. For this one, I'd say it's probably okay to look at PEs on this stock and they're very high not expecting much growth out of this. We've owned this for a long time, done tremendously well out of ASX, mm. but we sold it in the, in, in, well, last year at some stage, we sold it to, to fund um, other purchases. Well, well timed um, by the looks of it. Oh, I didn't even realise that. Jeez, how about yeah, that? It's um, come off. Yeah, I didn't realise it'd come off. Um, yeah, look, um, this is still, if, if you're a conservative investor, this is fine to hold, but I, I'd call this, um, a, this is a funding source for other opportunities. Mm. I, I, would, mm. I would sell this and buy something else. I think you've, you're right. There's, I mean, there's a little bit going on. They're, they're actually um, changing the technology a little bit, and there is an opportunity to actually earn more margin. Um, and the market is aware of that, and that's why it looks very expensive. Um, but that's uh, still a long way away, and there's lots of other interesting stuff going on in the market. I, I'd say so. Um, Nathan, I guess the, the other dimension to look at this mm. is as well, it, it is traditionally a business that does very well when the markets do well. And there's lots of uh, floats and IPOs and all of this kind of stuff. And we're, we're in that kind of environment. So I guess that is that is not always going to be here. Not to say that everything's going to come to an end tomorrow or next month or even next year. But is that a consideration? Uh, it is. Um, volatility is their best friend. Um, you know, whether you're buying or selling, as long as you panic, they do well. Yeah. And 2021 is going to be panicathon. Um, you think 2021, 2020 was bad? Wait and see what's going to happen in 2021. Uh, people are underestimating the, you know, you can take out the Trump and then you get reflation. So you're just trading one catalyst for another. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. going to be a fair amount. I actually like ASX here. Uh, we've been a fan. Um, it's come back. I think it's around 80, 85. It's, it got too expensive. Yep. I flicked out there. Uh, you'd be getting back into it. I mean, it's, we have it in our yield model. Mm. And, you know, it's a, it's a top 100 classic defensive yield. This is better than, uh, you know, most infrastructure plays out there. Mm -hmm. um, this thing, there's a number of catalysts to it. One, Grove's right, they are doing new things and that'll play out. But the other one on the side is, this is not going away. As much as anyone can tell me, this is, equities is not, equities is good, because not because it's great, it's because everything else is going to be crappier. Mm -hmm. So equities is the last place you're going to get decent return for a very long time, I think a good five to 10 years. So in Australia, with how the super is and how much uh, the generational demographic things, you're going to get a fair amount of equities play. So ASX will play well. Now, they already have a competitor. Now, why do you need a competitor? Because then you can be bought, right? So there's a bid coming. Why? Because if you look through Europe, Europeans want to get Asian exposure. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to buy Chinese shares, right? Mm -hmm. Because they, want, they don't want to lose their money. Mm -hmm. So they want to get Chinese exposure. 
but through someone else. So ASX gives them the default uh, China exposure. Now you can buy the China exposure through us in our exchange. So the London bores or the German bores will have a punt at ASX. They've had a look at it before. Well, that's Singapore, interesting. Singapore potentially. Singapore well. potentially, yeah. but I, I think Singapore it's not as big for them. There's a lot of European, mm. um, you know, robo money coming in and buying shares from us. Mm. So I'd expect there's a lot of synergies to be made. And also ASX spends a lot of money on technology mm. and they're really crap mm -hmm. at it. So <laughs> let's just give it to London Stock Exchange or Germans to put their technology in. So they save a lot of money. So there is a big play as well. I can see a foreign interference political no, dimension to that. You, like whether that have, makes sense or it, not. It never, I mean, we're talking about politicians yeah, here, Yeah, I know, right? but <laughs> it never happens when it's from Europe. It always I, happens when it's from Asia. Interesting. Um, and, and the other thing is the Chi-X coming in mm. is to make that possible. There right. was no chance of that happening before because it was a monopoly asset. Uh, now it's not a monopoly asset, uh, there is a competitor, so the argument kind of plays. Mm -hmm. So that's the other upside to it. That's so I, I'm happy to buy it here. You're getting what, 3 to 4% yield? 3.2 on my numbers? Yeah, yeah. so 3 to 4% yield. I mean, Fully in this market, that's just gold. <laughs> <laughs> and All right. it's not going to go broke. Okay. So, you know, it's a good Jeez, business. he's excited about ASX. Oh, so there you yeah. go. You, you, you surprised me. <laughs> and I love it. Um, let's do a quick recap because mm. we are halfway through the show. We started off with Super Retail Group as our stock of the day. A hold from Nathan, a buy from Gorava. Just a really well-run business. In terms of the viewer stocks, Aluka Resources, which Keith sent in, that was two thumbs down. Uh, I'll, I'll, paraf well, I'll quote uh, Gorav here. Bad management, tough industry. Uh, so two thumbs down. Wally Parsons, uh, a business that you would uh, imagine could do well in this kind of environment, but just doesn't have the track record uh, showing that. Uh, so that's two thumbs down there as well. We then went to Altium. Now this is a business that is very interesting, a phenomenal record of shareholder wealth creation. Uh, and of course, in spite of that, as we often point out on the show, even the very, very best performing businesses for shareholders have plenty of drawdowns. Well, we're in one right now and Gaurav sees that as a buying opportunity. Uh, for Nathan, that was more of a hold long term He's still not prepared to pull the trigger on it just yet. Uh, Mike Physique, that was no. The best that we could uh, get here was Nathan. We're sort of saying definitely put it on the watch list, but uh, this is a loss-making uh, uh, business and uh, tech stocks in for a bit of a tumble potentially in 2021, according to Nathan. We then spoke about ASX. Uh, this is a business been around for a long, long time. Uh, it does have a very good yield, particularly throw those franking credits in there. Uh, but uh, it was a sell from Gorov Pretty much from an opportunity cost perspective, yeah, right. there's just you've mm. got to you've got to go with your, your strongest uh, uh, hand, and that's not it for ASX at this point in time. But for uh, Nathan, it was uh, given where it's trading at the moment. Well. Uh, as everyone knows, we do manage our own portfolio here at The Call. We've been doing that since January 1. Let's take a quick look at how it has performed. Uh, pretty well is the short answer. It's kind of hovering around that uh, mark of 24% uh, financial year to date for a little while with things being a bit flatter over more recent time. Uh, let's have a look at some of the stocks that have been added here. And we've got, in fact, a couple of stocks added in last week. Jactive Corporation, what a fascinating business that is. Uh, go back and watch a repeat rather than me um, get trapped into a, a, a rant here. Objective Corp, OCL, Magellan Financial Group, a lot of positive uh, things from a lot of our guests there. Big Tin Can, Nick Scarly, A2 Milk. You'll also see on your screen uh, a web address, uh, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. That's where you'll go and you'll find all of the various movements. Okay, guys, let's 
Let's go and let's let's uh, let's try and keep. Let's on. pick up the pace here a little bit. It's so hard to do. This one actually, uh, someone contacted me online. Liam wanted to know about PWR Holdings. Nathan, mm. I wasn't familiar with this one. These do cooling products, uh, radiators, intercoolers, but for like high-end vehicles yes. like NASCAR, F1, this kind of stuff. It looks it listed in 2015. Really nice high return on equity, up a single digit type earnings growth. Does it tick any boxes? Is, is this one you told me? I love me? this business. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, oh, I'm glad so, we, we won't yeah, get so we, yeah. See, I, I remember yeah. Graham badgering me about this one and he went through the details. So I'm not going to take too long. I'll let him play okay. on. <laughs> Look, it's, it's a good business. It's done well. You know, in these things, you've got to back management. It's a small cap. So you really have to back management. And they, you know, it's one where I go, it's not cheap it's it's expensive but it's probably never going to be that cheap mm -hmm. and they are very good at what they do so i'm not gonna badger anymore so i'll hand it over to Gaurav because oh look he did this speech to me so many times <laughs> and i have to say it didn't register for me and i kind of didn't so i kind of annoyed but anyway you're no. not the only one I, i've bugged the team about this and i, I you know for, for two years i've been bugging them and I, they still haven't bought it and what, we don't let, let, it, let um, me start with why when you yeah. pitch it what what they come back with what that this is a um, engineering business mm -hmm. with no competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. No product is patented. Um, there are competitors. Um, it's very expensive, mm -hmm. and all that is true. Um, and and yet, and yet, this is probably the best quality business you've never heard of. Um, PWI is a Queensland business, and you're right. It makes cooling systems, um, but it makes cooling systems for F1 cars, and it, it has has 90% um, market share in F1. Ooh. And it started with zero about uh, ooh, 11 years ago or so. That's short. Yep. Um, wow. And the reason it does that is because they're specialists in radiating, uh, radiator technology. Now, you might think radiators are boring. Well, they're boring when you plug them into your Camry because they're a very standard block. Radiator is just a simple round thing with, with fins and, and tunnels. Yep. And you move liquid to cool um, through the radiator to cool the liquid. Yep. In a normal car, it, this is just an exercise in mass production. Mm -hmm. they, they will never compete with a, a Bosch and all the other people who do radiators. But in an F1 car, every single car in every single race has bespoke um, cooling systems um, on every car. So um, when, the, when Ferrari race in Melbourne, they use completely different radiators than to when they race in Dubai. Oh, interesting. And it's because there's a trade-off um, with radiators between um, how much you cool and how much you drag, how much drag you leave open. So the more gap, gapes in the car, the more you're able to cool the car, but the less aerodynamically stable it ah. is. So you have to manage those on every track on every car. And we're talking about, an in, an, in F1, we're talking about industry that for, for you know, 0.1 of a second difference is all the difference. It's huge. That's the mm. difference between your car winning the championship and not winning. And Ferrari has a budget of almost $500 million every season. Even the poorest vehicle um, manufacturer in F1 has a $50 million budget. They spend only about less than 10% on, on cooling. It's a tiny amount. It makes no difference to them in terms of budget, mm. but it makes every difference in terms of performance. So you go That's for why the best. They actually mm. drove out Marsden, who was the only competitor in F1. They drove them out of the business because this is all they do. These guys are, are dedicated and focused on this one thing. It's, and Marsden was a conglomerate in aerospace. This is all they do. Um, the number of F1 races has exploded. The number of radiators, has, I think there's now up to about a dozen radiators on a car. Every time you add a battery to it, there's four extra radiators you need to cool the battery. There's radiators on each wheel because each wheel has its own power unit. 
So what? not only is the number of races increasing, the number of radiators is increasing, the competition is decreased. And then, then we get to NASCAR, rally car. There are about 80 different sports events, which they are not in yet. But they're not even going after that. What they're going after is high-tech data center cooling, satellite cooling. I was going to say there must cooling. be an opportunity well, elsewhere. Now, they have to be careful. The reason, other one is Bitcoin. <laughs> the other reason we haven't bought this yet, even though I personally love it, is because um, this, is not, this can never be a scale business. Mm -hmm. the, the minute they start making these radiators in bulk, Bosch will destroy them because right. they don't they can't make these in any sort of scale that can compete with international mm -hmm. competition mm -hmm. They can only really make radiators one at a time bespoke mm -hmm. and they earn wonderful margins for doing that So I would argue the opportunities for growth are hard to see but this is management. It's <laughs> you love this It's founded and run by a guy called keys wheel um, no. Yes. <laughs> and he is an, a former a V8 supercar driver who him and his son started the business. This is their life. You yeah. listen to Keys talk about PWR and you just know that your money is with someone whose entire passion and dedication is in this business. Mm. Um, so I, I agree. Look, okay. it's at 30 times earnings, hard to justify on any sort yeah. of normal grounds, mm -hmm. but I would back this business. So um, he, he ran yeah. this at something like 8 o'clock at night coming out of the former version, Sky Business, I think. <laughs> yes, and I would have let, let, let me go home. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah, the share price had a two yeah. in front of it back yeah, then. So <laughs> I, yeah. That's why it registered yeah. for so long. It's like a scarring. So that was that's a hold from both of you? No, look, I'm, I'm going to go with, oh, with buy. None buy? of my colleagues agree. Yeah. And, uh, but, but oh, I think it's a hold. Yeah. A hold? Okay. Mm -hmm. oh, very interesting. It's Gosh, we get some good insights here on the show. Let's. We just can't dwell on it, though, unfortunately. Gaurav, you're first this time. Southern Cross Electrical Engineering. Well, what they do, it says it on the tin. Uh, Nathan wants to know. It looks as though the performance has been very lumpy, mm. uh, and it seems like they're quite a liquid as well. Mm. Is there any other insights you can give us? This is a small business. It's been around for a long time. Southern Cross specializes in large electrical installations. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about large shopping centers, large um, corporates, and I think they do data centers as well. And they just fit out all the electrical specs. Um, mines and stuff as well. Is perhaps there? mines yeah. as well, yeah. Oh, you might be right, actually, Andrew. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, uh, now, they bought a competitor, I think it was Hitachi's electrical business a couple of years ago, and it's actually a well-run. I think management's actually quite competent here, and they do a good job with what they've got, but these guys are running on EBITDA margins of, what, 3 or 4%? EBITDA margins. That means net profit margins are up 2%. Razor thin. Um, mm. It's a very competitive, difficult industry. It's reasonably well-run. It's on, it looks cheap at 14 times. I would say I would never pay double digit PEs for this business. Mm. This is a low quality business that's run well. And that's the best you can say about it. I, I, I'm just not interested. It, have, it would have to be extremely, extremely cheap. There was one point, I, I, did, I have owned this in the past, um, but I owned it briefly at the death of the commodities cycle in 2011, oh, yeah. when this thing was trading at two times earnings. Or okay. okay. And that's the sort of opportunity you get. Because yep. it is well managed, they'll hold a whole bit of cash, um, but it's just tough. So. Yeah, yep. Um, some interesting points there, uh, Nathan. I, I think you sometimes look at these smaller companies, and if you were to apply the metrics that this company yeah. has to a larger company, yeah. it would trade at a higher multiple. Yes. And and I think I've made this mistake in the past where you go, oh, it's only at a P of eight, and surely yeah. that should at least yeah. be 15, and not only am I going to get earnings growth, but some multiple expansion as well. It never comes. <laughs> no. And it never comes because the market's not ever going to pay that's for a right. stock that that's small, that illiquid. That's right. Um, is this a, an and, example and of that? Yeah, I think it is that. Um, it's 
it's small, it's illiquid, it's always been. It's one that, I have to say, for years I've heard about this one, and management are very good. It's a, just a bad place, it's mm. just tough. It's really tough, as Gurev said. Mm -hmm. So, as good as they are, they're doing as well as they could. Mm -hmm. So, is this going to shoot the lights out? I doubt it. Um, it, looks, it looks good, and I've, I've heard numerous value investors try and pick the bone of this, and go, this is a time it's going to run. And then it doesn't. Oh, okay. uh, so it's one of those ones where I just think it's just too hard. And it's, the industry is just too tough. And look, the, the management is good. That's the problem. They mm -hmm. are very good. Mm -hmm. They execute well. It's just tough. Yeah. Uh, I just think there's easier places to be to make money than these kind of ones where you're really trying to push against the tide. So yeah, no, look, I think it's, look, it's, it's back to near the pre-pandemic level. So, mm -hmm. you know, you've done well, mm -hmm. um, you're not losing money um, and it's a small cap, so be happy. Yeah, yep, okay. Let's go to the complete opposite end That's of right. the spectrum in terms of market capitalization and we'll talk Woolworths. Nick's written in, he wants to know, oh, here's the thing with Woolworths from, from my perspective. I think if I look in my crystal ball and say, is Woolworths around in 10 years time? It's like, well, yeah, definitely it's around. Is it earning more in 10 years time than it is today? Almost certainly it probably is. Um, yet in the last five years, it's sort of grown at this really sluggish rate. Uh, even when I look at the forecast, and forecasts from brokers tend to be optimistic, yes. and the forecasts aren't super strong there as well. And yet, again, noting the comments with PE, you're looking at near enough a PE of 30 here. Why is, why is it so highly valued? Is it the defensive aspect of it or what is it? Yeah, Riddle I think it's that. a defensive. I, I have to admit, a number of years ago, a number of years ago, I'm too old for this, um, they bought a quant shop uh, to do oh, the... Yeah, Quantium. Yeah, Quantium. Yes, that's uh, right. To do the data yeah. analytics to better target their customer base, oh. build up their uh, frequent fly, well, frequent, fly <laughs> frequent membership uh, because I'm on it and so I see. And they frequent target shopper. me and they try to make you come on days that you don't go. It's the Walmart, they pretty much follow what Walmart and they do it better. Yeah. Um, and when I was working in the US, I would go and come back. After two weeks, they'll follow exactly what Walmart put up. Wow. Um, so they're very good at adapting and changing. Uh, they are going through change. I like them, it's defensive at the moment for what it is because I think the thematics that work well is Aussie dollar earners, defensive. Um, you know, if you go into a lockdown stage, you're still gonna go to Woolies and I spent way too much money and time at Woolies. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of think they're the, probably one of the better ones in that sector. Um, look, it, it's a valuation game. Um, do I see huge upside? Probably not, uh, but it pays a decent yield. You're getting, you're not gonna get blown away. Um, worst case scenario, even if the market collapses, you can hold it and it'll come back. Mm. Um, so you're not gonna lose out. Would I be putting fresh money into it right now? Probably not. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're a holder, well, I think this is a good business you can hold on. I think they'll continue to evolve mm -hmm. and grow. Okay. Yeah, I think that that's, that's where I can be convinced is basically sort of saying, look, it's super, super low risk. Mm -hmm. Just don't expect a very high return from it. So if you're sort of someone who's happy to get a dividend, a little bit of growth, maybe sort of 6 7% total shareholder return on average over the next 10 years, sure. People aren't valuing this on the PE, they're valuing it on the yield. Mm. Um, it's a very secure business. Uh, the yield is super secure in Woolies. Um, and what is it yielding? Uh, less than 3% probably? 2.6. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's, what, that's what's happening here. Um, I would certainly not be paying that. We have owned it for a time. And again, this is what, something we sold in March to, to fund other purchases. Mm. Everyone knows it's a great business. Um, 
I, I just think if if you're aiming for a two percent return, then you'll get it from here. Yeah, <laughs> but you can do better than that. That's yeah. that is the name of the game. Mm. It is it is all about opportunity cost. Okay, let's let's spin through a couple quick ones here. Uh, Jackie's written in Gorov about Globe G L B clothing, footwear, a bit of a skate kind of focus. Oh dear, we're going to go over. We're going to time limit. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite stocks. Just yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's more for him. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. This is his stock. Yeah, it's not my fault. It's all yours, Gorov. Yeah, last, tell, last, tell me a bit about Globe. <laughs> last time I was here, I, I think I jokingly said, oh, can someone please ask about Globe? Because that's what oh, I'd like to talk did. about. That's yes. what I remember now. And lo and behold, someone has asked oh. about Globe. Well, so well let's, let's give it the due, due yeah. attention it deserves just as quickly as Let me can. just quickly say that I own this. Um, it's it's too small for intelligent investors. So it's something um, we okay. just aren't able to cover with II. But but I own it personally. And, and um, you know, my friend and mentor, Greg Hoffman, owns it. Um, so, He's a smart investor. Uh, yes, he is. Um, so um, this is both of us kind of talking here. Globe, uh, for a long time, did very little. It listed with a one billion market cap way back, and today its market cap is about 160. Um, and in that time, the, the the primary brand Globe has really gotten tired and deter- and it's deteriorated. It's mm-hmm. a clothing and accessories brand for skaters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 been built by these two ex. I think they're surfers actually or skaters. And they made, did, made their own business because they didn't want to work. And they end up with this huge hit. They are quite entrepreneurial, um, very dedicated to the business, um, big shareholders of the company themselves. I, I would forget about Globe. Um, mm-hmm. Within Globe, there are actually a handful of new brands that the business has only built over the last two or three years. And then it's not in the numbers yet, but of all the qualitative research that we've done, suggests that these brands are absolutely booming. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got um, FD. FDX, which is a workwear brand, it, it competes with King G, oh, yeah. but it tries to make um, a fashionable um, workwear uh, stuff for, for young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, by all indications, by all our qualitative research, that is just is just is just going ballistic, and it's probably alone worth about a dollar a share, if not if not more. Uh, and then you've got Impala. I do notice a lot of trendy tradies lately. Yes, uh, whether that be the Ute, uh, all the way down to the to the gear, it's really impressive. It is, and, and a lot of that will be um, FDA. So they've got mm-hmm. their own shops um, and they've got their own clothing line. It's, it's, uh, it's actually doing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got Impala. Yep. Impala is a skating brand. Um, they made roller skates. Um, right place, right time, because they skating has just made a huge comeback and they are selling these. We've been watching the social media accounts. Oh, yeah. They're selling out in 20, 30 minutes wow. on every launch. Now, instead of selling these through retail outlets, they're selling them online. They're doubling their margin. I think in February's result, you're going to see a tremendous, um, no one's forecast. Look at broker estimates. Everyone's thinking this is going to make two or three million bucks. I reckon it's going to make 20 million bucks. Well, it's a um, huge beat. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to make a tremendous amount of money um, in February. And the market's sort of telling us that. Look at the share price. Mm-hmm. But I still think um, results are underestimated. It's a buy for me. Okay. Uh, Nathan, just quickly. Oh, <coughs> uh, look, it's... Gurev's been talking about this, and the other one is Universal Street yeah, Sales, Universal uh, your stores. Yeah. Um, again, similar kind of thing. I, what I think is big, going on with that chart there? It's popped up. It's popped up, yeah. Uh, look, mm. I think uh, at the end of the day, the big thing about these guys is the management is good at building new brands. That's the key thing. We, yeah. Because it's it's a bit like for a miner going and finding a new strike and building a new mine. Yeah. So that's a huge earning capacity. So the upgrades will be massive, chunky moves. So again, you've got to do your work. Um, and I have to say, for a change, I'll actually trust Gaurav and say he's actually been right on this thematic. And there's been the, the other one is Universal Studio, same way. Sorry, Universal Stores. They are very good buys. So that's a buy from both of you, gents. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I can confirm on that basis that it was in the calls portfolio. It's which probably us who put it in, actually. Yeah, actually. <laughs> and it's going to stay in. Yeah. So, there so there you mm. go. Okay, lucky last. Nathan, kick this one off. And again, geez, the temptation mm. to go down the rabbit hole is mm. massive here. But Tyro Payments, now we know oh. not, not a great week for them last no, week. No, no. Uh, in, sus- in suspension. I did notice this morning, though, they published their weekly transaction values up about 8% or yeah. so. Uh, what do you reckon? They put up updates every week. It's mm-hmm. I think it's just information overflow. Well, they, they committed to yeah, do so doing that for COVID yeah, and they're sort I of know. following through it's just, on that. It's just yeah. too much. Uh, look, I, I think it's okay. I think the scare story is obviously they had the operational issue. That's all Nova. And then the short stories come out and that's hitting them as well. Um, look, if, if you're into this fintech type area, I would tell you to Google Kathy Wood at ARK Invest. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a conference in South Africa in mid 2019 from memory, and she goes through all the fintech space, how mm-hmm. things sit, what the scale is, how things were growing, and that's before these things ran. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she sets out a good story. Um, look, I'm not, I got ADHD, so I can't watch through it, but I actually did this time. So she goes through all of those pieces and she puts the argument together. So it's a pretty good piece and you can see. So it's not about trying to pick the winner, it's just being in the space. So okay. look, if, if the market gets hammered and this one gets hit a bit more, I'd buy it. I'd actually, it's an ugly buy. I would buy it. I, I so like your ugly buys. I, I <laughs> like it because the simple fact that mm. it's in the right place, they're a good operator. Yes, they've had a few issues. That's when you get the value trade. So this is probably a time. Yeah, it's interesting. You don't often get a bargain without at least a, yes. f- a few hairs yeah. on things. I mean, people I think are probably wanting their cake and to eat it too. When yeah. they, I want a great business where everything's yeah. going brilliantly, yeah. and Every, I want everyone, it to be really, really, wants really to be cheap. Warren Buffett, but I want to buy it at ten p. Which is which is which is the rub, I suppose. So just mm. very quickly, Gaurav, what do you reckon? Yeah, so we, we highlighted this late last year saying, I actually really like this business management's terrific. They're real problem solvers. Yep. They solve problems that have be, be, um, uh, troubled this industry for a long time where the big four banks weren't interested, come from nowhere to take market share from everybody. They're number five now. There's something special going on in Tyro, um, so it's worth keeping an eye out. Now, this is, we've, we've got a problem now. The question is, is this the time to buy? Mm. I think this is a big problem. This is not some little hiccup. Um, at least 15%, if you believe the short report, 50% of their customers do not have um, terminals at the very time they are an absolute necessity. There is a large churn event coming up with yep. Tyro. Yep. They're gonna be um, a lot of um, damages to pay. I would just hold and wait this out a little bit. I think there's an oppor- there is gonna be an opportunity to buy Tyro out of all this, mm. but you might just wanna wait and do it a bit later. Okay, and if, and if you are a shareholder, would yeah. you sell or would no, you just ride I'd, it through? I would ride it through okay. and, and I would use um, later on in a few months a, a time to top up. Okay, Tyro, that came from uh, AJ, so hopefully that has helped you. Let's do a very quick summary of the back five here. We started out with a fascinating business, a uh, real great deep dive from Gore over there on PWR Holdings, making radiators for supercars, and uh, it was a buy for him, but a hold from Nathan. Southern Cross Electrical Engineering, two thumbs down there. Uh, just good management, actually a lot of nice things to say, but quite small, quite a liquid. The guys just like things that were elsewhere. Woolworths, another phenomenal business. It's not hard to say too much uh, negative about this, other than, you know, if you're buying this, don't expect that, you know, you're going to be buying a Ferrari next week. Uh, it's 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 going to be a very slow and steady kind of burn there. And if that's what you're after, then by all means, otherwise, uh, no. And it is a no for those two gents. Globe, this is a really interesting business. Uh, this is in the core portfolio. It's still in the portfolio after today. Clothing, accessories, footwear, skating, really, really um, great traction. 
the market potentially underestimating what they're going to do with their next sales numbers. So one to keep an eye on there. And finally, Tyro Payments, look, a business that uh, has had a real rough patch here, but underneath it all, it seems like it's got pretty good management. So it's not a buy as yet. Well, an ugly buy from Nathan, which, which I love that term, <laughs> yeah. uh, an ugly buy, uh, but no ra- rush, according to Gorov. That's it. That's the show. We made it to the end. And uh, man, this was such a fascinating discussion. I learned lots today. Uh, Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor. Great to see you. Thanks, Andrew. Good to be here. Nathan Samasundram from Deep Data Analytics. Good to see you. Nice to be here. So make sure you uh, Google these two gents and check out what they've uh, got to say. And today's show has given you any indication. Quite a lot of interesting things. So I'd encourage you to do that. Uh, Remember, we're on air every day this week. So uh, make sure you come and join us at 12 o'clock Sydney time. Lots of good guests, lots of good stocks coming up. Uh, Also, remember too that uh, we can't do this without you. We love to get some good suggestions here. Uh, Send us a suggestion at uh, AusBizTV if you're on Twitter or on email. It's the call at AusBiz.com.au. Well, that's it. Thanks so much for your company. We'll see you again tomorrow.